this is Dr. Tio Wan Lin, and welcome to my podcast, Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. Well, we're certainly hoping you're having a good week, and we're going to be sharing more about hyperpigmentation today, the causes of it, as well as some treatment options. This episode is brought to you by Eucerin. The relaunched Spotless Brightening Range incorporates the patented dermacosmetic ingredient Diametal, which is clinically proven to reduce dark spots by up to 75% without laser treatment when used regularly twice daily. Many individuals refer to hyperpigmentation as dark spots on their face, and the commonest perceptions of dark spots um, are that they are induced by the sun and also that laser treatment is required in order to get rid of it. Well, in today's discussion, I want to first of all shed some light on how not all hyperpigmentation is equivalent to dark spots and also educate you a little bit about the scientific terminology of the various diagnoses that can present to the layperson as dark spots, but are not quite the same, as well as certain treatment options that do not include laser treatment. You're right, hyperpigmentation is one of the commonest skin problems that lots of people face. Whether it is dark spots from spending too much time under the sun, or a leftover mark from a pimple, or dark spots during pregnancy, those who have hyperpigmentation know how tricky it is to get rid of. Hyperpigmentation is essentially a visual descriptor of pigmentation that is increased in a localized focal area on the skin. So for the purposes of this episode, we're going to zoom in on the causes of facial hyperpigmentation. The causes of facial hyperpigmentation can be due to post-inflammation hyperpigmentation, such as in the case of acne scars, individuals who suffer from any form of dermatitis or facial eczema that leads to inflammation that can uh, lead to scarring in the form of PIH as well. This is very different from other types of hyperpigmentation. The focus of our talk today, and that is sun-induced hyperpigmentation or sun-aggravated hyperpigmentation. I see. Well, sunspots are so common. They can show up as flat areas of skin discoloration that can be tan or different shades of brown. They also often show up on more sun-exposed areas of the skin, such as the face, shoulders, back, and hands. Well, I have a question that I've always wondered. Are sunspots similar to freckles? Solar lentigo, um, or in layperson's terms, sunspots are likely the most common cause of facial dark spots. This is not to be confused with aphylids, which are freckles that are present from a young age in genetically predisposed individuals. For example, individuals with certain eye colorations, those um, you know, who have blue-green eyes, red hair, these individuals are genetically prone to have more freckles and that isn't a sign of photo damage. Um, it certainly doesn't require treatment 
and they often don't respond very well either. Sunspots, however, uh, sometimes referred to as H spots, um, solar lentigo specifically, it increases with age uh, after the age of 25, which is when photoaging sets in. The skin is usually able to fight off oxidative stress when one is younger. So therefore, in the presence of environmental stresses such as ultraviolet radiation uh, and environmental pollution, it is still able to clear the excess melanin formation in younger persons. However, as you grow older, hyperpigmentation occurs as a result of photoaging induced by this accumulated ultraviolet uh, light exposure um, and the body is less able to respond to the oxidative stress, the free radical damage, and hence the deposition of melanin occurs and that's when your dark spots appear. Well, you also briefly mentioned before that there are various different types of hyperpigmentation. What is another common type of hyperpigmentation and what are its causes? Another category of hyperpigmentation, uh, which is fairly widespread in uh, our skin of color population, uh, Asians and Hispanics, uh, melasma is the um, uh, commonest cause of um, hormonally related hyperpigmentation and it tends to affect women during or after pregnancy and uh, it's been postulated to be related to hormonal fluctuations postmenopause as well uh, some women have reported developing melasma in terms of how it looks like it is um, shaped like a butterfly-like uh, pattern over the cheeks, but it can also progress in onto areas such as the forehead. Additionally, the key appearance of it that distinguishes it from dark spots is the fuzzy appearance, um, or rather indistinct borders, uh, which is different from dark spots where the uh, spots are actually quite well demarcated. And also in melasma, the patches are large and they are what we call confluent, which means it joins together. Well, in that case, what are the treatment options for the different types of hyperpigmentation? How would you usually treat it at your practice? We're going to zoom in on the traditional methods uh, that has been uh, employed for the treatment of hyperpigmentation at this juncture. So we in a uh, dermatologist's uh, office setting, first of all, emphasize sun avoidance, sun protection, simply because for all forms of hyperpigmentation, PIH included, ultraviolet exposure activates melanin formation. So once we uh, establish a cause of hyperpigmentation as dermatologists, um, for example, in the case of 
post-inflammation hyperpigmentation, uh, we will then treat the underlying disorder. And this would be very different from, say, treatment of melasma. Let me explain why. So PIH uh, arises from, say, underlying eczema dermatitis. Uh, you would need to have a good moisturizer uh, with barrier repair functions such as with um, you know skin compatible lipids and also topical steroids that helps to reduce inflammation in tandem with um, potential tyrosinase inhibitors that can uh, block the production of melanin and help to lighten the PIH. All that has to be very carefully considered because certain um, tyrosinase inhibitors actually uh, can worsen underlying dermatitis. So um, for eucerin's patented ingredient, thiamidol, the uh, important feature of thiamidol is really that it is well suited for treatment of PIH because it's well tolerated by sensitive skin. Uh, in the case of solar lentigo, um, H spots and melasma, more specific treatment is usually required. So uh, for, you know, solar lentigo, I found that laser treatments have been necessary in a large proportion of cases. And in my practice, what I have recommended is treatment with a 532 nanometer Q-switch laser in combination with certain cosmeceutical actives. Well, I do know that certain ingredients have been traditionally used to treat pigmentation. For example, hydroquinone, kojic acid. Well, can you tell us more about these? The key issue with the ingredient hydroquinone is um, this phenomenon known as rebound hyperpigmentation or ochronosis. This is when the ingredient is used beyond a period of six months uh, which is what is recommended, then instead of becoming lighter, the pigmentation can come back even darker. So we've seen that with pigmented skin, especially uh, when we treat melasma. So melasma itself is very tricky to manage. We've had success with combination treatments, chemical peels, uh, and laser treatments uh, with hydroquinone. But one big problem exists, and that is that the irritation potential of hydroquinone um, can really cause PIH on its own. And additionally, there are individuals who do not respond well to laser. And uh, instead of the uh, spots getting lighter, the spots get darker, which is really a known risk side effect of laser treatments itself when it's uh, used to treat hyperpigmentation. So in the light of all of this, I feel that there is definitely a role for more research into the effectiveness of cosmeceuticals, which have... Um, you know, very high tolerability. So I was very excited to know about this paper published by the Biostorff Group, uh, which owns the Eucerin brand, uh, published in the Journal of Investigative Dermatology in 2019. The paper was entitled Effective Tyrosinase Inhibition by Thiamidol Results in Significant Improvement uh, for Mild to Moderate Melasma. I feel that it's very important for us to talk about this ingredient, Thiamidol, 
Eucerin Biostoff Group has the patent for this ingredient, but it is also very special because the overall landscape for topical treatment for hyperpigmentation is rather limited. Yeah, I've heard stories of hydroquinone having some pretty risky side effects. So I've always been keeping my eyes and ears peeled for new ingredients that could possibly be effective in treating dark spots. But diamidol is pretty new to me. Can you tell us more about why this study is so important and how this ingredient compares to traditional ingredients to treat hyperpigmentation? The importance of a highly tolerable yet effective active ingredient in the treatment of hyperpigmentation is very relevant in this aspect. Out of 50,000 compounds that were screened for their ability to inhibit recombinant human thyrosinase, which is the enzyme involved in pigment production, thiamidol was identified as a very potent inhibitor of human tyrosinase. In fact, it was found to be superior to other ingredients such as arbutin, kojic acid, and of course, hydroquinone. It was actually found to have reduced the appearance of sunspots or solar lentigo at concentrations as low as 0.1% within just four weeks of treatment. The basis of this study was that thiamidol was going to be an effective and safe active ingredient that was available over the counter for the treatment of melasma in particular. I think that is very relevant because melasma itself is a very challenging disorder that responds best to a multi-pronged approach and I have always emphasized cosmeceuticals as part of treatment for hyperpigmentation. So when thiamidol was compared with hydroquinone, which we know has a good efficacy record um, apart from its lack of tolerability, the results for this trial, which was a double-blinded randomized split-phase study, was that after 12 weeks, the modified MAR-C score index, which is the melasma area and severity uh, index scores, actually improved significantly um, uh, on both the thiamidol and hydroquinone-treated sites of the face. In fact, the thiamidol treatment improved the MASI scores even better than hydroquinone, and there was a high number of subjects that showed improvement after treatment uh, with thiamidol, with 79% of them reporting improvement, as opposed to a hydroquinone arm, uh, which is just at 61%. The critical factor here, uh, which is something that we mentioned earlier, is that sometimes hydroquinone can show rebound hyperpigmentation as a side effect. And during this treatment itself, we saw that happening. Um, however, no subjects displayed worsening of these modified MASI scores uh, on the thiamidol-treated site, whereas 10% of subjects actually showed worsening of the modified MASI scores on the hydroquinone-treated arm. Well, yeah, we do have some data on how it directly compares to hydroquinone. It looks like it does hold up very well, or according to the study, even better at eliminating dark spots as compared to hydroquinone. It is certainly very promising considering the significantly better tolerability and fewer side effects, which will probably be very useful for those who are looking for a more gentle ingredient that is also very effective. 
I think it's important for us to talk about the tolerability of thiamidol. So thiamidol is very well tolerated by uh, individuals who have sensitive skin. And there was also a separate study published by the same Biostorff group about the tolerability of this active ingredient. But for the purposes of this study that we're discussing here, um, I want to highlight that the group actually found that thiamidol was in fact significantly better, um, not just for the overall effects in terms of uh, decreasing the intensity of the dark spots, but also the overall appearance of um, the subject's skin uh, at all study time points. Well, today we've talked about different types of hyperpigmentation, such as sunspots, post-inflammation hyperpigmentation, and melasma. And we also talked about their causes and how to treat them. We've discussed how the relaunched Eucerin Spotless Brightening Range utilizes patented thiamidol, a tyrosinase inhibitor, to reduce the appearance of dark spots. Also covering how thiamidol is highly tolerable and has fewer side effects compared to traditional ingredients used for the treatment of hyperpigmentation, making it suitable for even those with sensitive skin. Well, that's it for today's episode. You can follow Dr. Tio on Instagram at Dr. Lin for more podcast updates. And do remember to check out Eucerin's website at www.eucerin.sg. You can also head to scienceofbeauty.net for the full podcast transcript. <laughs>